Hello and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is no one, but we do have an episode. A um, couple of months ago, Ryan Pack from the Soundtrack of Your Life podcast reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to join him for us to talk about Blinded by the Light, the movie and the soundtrack. I said yes, and so this is a, you know, crossover episode, a double feature, if you want to say. Um, You will hear in just a few minutes, Ryan and I discuss the film, we'll talk, you can find um Ryan on Soundtrack Your Life podcast wherever you find your podcasts um and he and I are talking about uh trying to do another one sometime soon but for now enjoy this discussion of Blinded by the Light oh sorry thanks guys talk to you soon <laughs> I'm Ryan Pack, and this is Soundtrack Your Life. I'd like to thank you for listening wherever you are and however you are. Today, Jesse Jackson from the Set Lusting Bruce podcast is the guest. Welcome, Jesse. Well, thank you, Ryan. It is good to be here. I'm excited. Uh, We're doing a double feature, right? We're going to release this on both feeds, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to do that. And so yeah. you have a podcast called Set Lusting Bruce. So why don't you tell our listeners about that podcast? I sure will. So Set Lusting Bruce is a it started out as a Bruce Springsteen fan podcast. That's probably what 80% of my episodes are over the past um, six years. I have talked to hundreds of Bruce Springsteen fans from around the world. Um, I am up to um in September, I think I will hit episode 900. Um, so uh, I've talked to people from Europe, from uh, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Germany, Russia, just all over the world, uh, talking about their love of Bruce Springsteen and his music. Um, the other things I do is I do what we call B-side episodes, where uh, if, let's say, someone loves... Um, the Bee Gees or, you know, Guns N' Roses, they'll join me and talk about their fandom and do that. And the other thing that I've been expanding is I've been having a lot of different podcasters join me and necessarily, and they, they kind of talk about their podcast, they share uh, what they're passionate about, and we kind of weave in a discussion of music. So um, it's mostly excuse for me to talk to cool people. So and and I'm definitely including you in that dis, uh, that category. Uh, thank you so much, and obviously I'm excited to be talking to you. Not the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan. I would call myself a casual Springsteen fan. That's um, okay. But, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited to. I mean, what you do is super cool. The fact that you talk to all these different fans around the world, yeah. and we're going to talk about a super fan in a little bit. Yes, we are. So I know that you host a couple other podcasts. So uh, what podcasts are those? 
Sure. So I also do a Doctor Who podcast called Next Stop Everywhere. Um, we've been doing that for probably seven, eight years. And what we do, me and my co-host, a guy named Charles Skaggs, um, during whenever they're whenever Doctor Who is current, we cover the new episode every week. And then during off seasons, uh, we go back and explore classic Who and modern Who. We did not start doing a weekly podcast till Peter Capaldi's time as the Doctor. And so we go back and discuss all those, um, the prior episodes. And it's more of a typical episode discussion you know we'll we'll go through the different who's the guest cast doing that um then i do um my newest podcast is a babylon 5 rewatch karen uh and lou are two of my oldest podcast friends and neither one them had watched the science fiction classic babylon 5 that series and so we're we've kind of gone full circle ryan that my first podcast I did was a Farscape podcast uh, that uh, the science fiction show that came from Australia that had, you know, Jim Henson Muppets and Karen and Lou were the veterans. They had seen every episode of Farscape multiple times and I was watching it for the first time and I was the newbie and then they've never seen Babylon 5 and I've seen it multiple times. So they're the rookies this time and I'm the veteran and we're going through episode one by one. And then my last podcast, which is kind of just an excuse for me and my buddies to hang out uh, is called how many. And so uh, a good example of a topic that would be, you know, touch close to your and your listeners heart is we might say, okay, we have a list that we have pulled together of the 50 top rock and roll soundtracks. Now, how many of them are actually good? And then there's four of us and we all kind of round robin. And before we make a guess, we say, okay, there was, we're going to talk 50. And someone may say, well, I think 30 of them are going to be good. And we say, okay, you know, there's always someone who says, okay, well, 30 was the highest number I'm going to take 31 so that I have the over and we kind of play with it. And the fun is you, you don't know what your co-hosts are going to think is good. And so we'll have debates on like, no, this is absolutely a good soundtrack. And then, you know, two or three people will know. And so we have that. And so the, the name comes from how many. So we guess of like in advance how many are going to be. And it's mostly excuse for us to just, you know, sit around and BS together. So those are the different podcasts. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm debating Charles and I are talking about maybe doing a one-off Star Trek podcast, but uh, my wife looks at me every once in a while and says, you may have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, if you're listening, check all those podcasts out. They all sound like a lot of fun. But today we're going to talk about the uh, 2019 Gurinder Chada film, Blinded by the Lights. Yes. I would normally ask the guest why we're talking about this movie, but since it is a movie featuring 12 songs by Bruce Springsteen and you have a Bruce Springsteen podcast, I'm going to answer that question for you. <laughs> It is kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? When you and I were exchanging, E and I, you know, 
emails back and forth. Um, you know, we were debating and talking about things and I'm like, Hey, have you guys covered blinded by the light yet? And you go, no, let's, let's do that. That seems like a perfect fit. Yeah. And then after watching the movie, cause I hadn't seen it before, it kind of seems like the perfect hybrid of our podcasts where we're going to be talking a lot about Bruce Springsteen, of course. Yeah. But it's also like Bruce Springsteen kind of soundtracked this character's life in a way that Bruce Springsteen probably never thought was imaginable. Yes. So I think it's kind of the perfect uh, movie for us to talk about. And uh, I, um, we brought up Springsteen a couple times on this podcast before. We've never covered any of his actual songs. Okay. Um, so we've covered High Fidelity, where he makes a cameo, and he gives advice to Rob Gordon. And then um, I was interviewing John Munson from Semisonic at the beginning of the year. And he was telling a story about how Courtney Cox used kind of some of her entertainment business connections to sit in on like a listening party for their album. So it was the first time the band was listening to Feeling Strangely Fine, which, you know, is best known as the album that had closing time. Okay. So they're so they're sitting at the uh, mixer's house in Hollywood, and they're going to hear the album in sequence for the first time. And Courtney Cox shows up, and so I I made the joke to John. I said, "Did anyone make a dancing in the dark joke?" Mm-hmm. And I immediately felt stupid for, like I felt like it was low hanging fruit. Yes. But then he saved me and immediately said, well, I'm sure someone did because that video was shot at the St. Paul Civic Center and Semisonic is from Minnesota. So people from Minnesota typically, you know, they're very proud of things like that when, you know, Bruce Springsteen has a music video shot there. Absolutely. But he he picked up on it like right away. He was like, oh, yeah, someone definitely made that joke because that video was shot in Minnesota. Very cool. So I thought you would enjoy that story. I do. Thank you. So first, I watched the trailer for the film. Okay. And it reminded me a lot of Bend It Like Beckham, which has the same director and writer. But then I saw I was inspired by a true story, and I thought that was very fascinating. So what were your thoughts when you first heard about this movie that was going to be centered around Bruce Springsteen's music? All right, so Ryan, you have to wheel me in if I talk too much uh, because I, I have many stories to share, and so I, but I don't want this to be a monopoly. I want it to be a conversation. So um, when I first heard about the movie and the preview came out, um, I was working at a, a software company in uh, – and we were there was a big conference room where you know you would you would cast you could cast your laptop right onto the big screen and so we were finishing up a meeting and i had like seven or eight people in the meeting and i said i have a question for you and they go okay what and i said how many times do you think i will go see this movie and so i pull up the thing and at first right there they're, don't you want me, baby? You know, and they're all looking very confused. 
And then all of a sudden you get to the Springsteen and they start laughing out loud and they're like, you may see this a dozen times. Uh, So yes, I was very excited about the movie. I went and bought the book that it was based on and read it. Really enjoyed the book. It is certainly about Bruce, but it is also a lot about his journey with his relationship with his father and his journey of how he is Pakistanian and he is British. And that how do I come to grips with both of those? I am both things. I'm not one or the other. And I thought it was a really interesting book because, you know, I'm... You know, I was born in Louisiana. I, I've lived in the U.S. my whole life, except for like a, a year in Germany because my dad was stationed there. You know, and I have a very central, you know, I'm a Southern culture. That's it. But the, I could see that to how am I, I need to be proud of my Pakistanian roots, but also proud of my British roots. So I found the book fascinating and really enjoyed it. So I was looking forward to the movie and I will, spoilers, I was not disappointed. I thought that it really captured the feeling of the book. And uh, partly because he worked with Shonda, you know, you know, in helping to write and do the book. Yeah, he's credited as one of the screenwriters. Yes. So, you know, what was your first thought when you see the, you know, when you saw the trailer? When I saw the trailer, I was, I guess I was a little confused. Mm -hmm. You know, to kind of, I didn't know how they were going to, I don't know. It seemed a little cheesy. It seemed very uplifting. And then I think I looked at the track listing for the soundtrack and I saw that there were a couple tracks of the actors singing Bruce Springsteen songs. Mm-hmm. And then I was petrified that I was going to be watching like a Bruce Springsteen musical. Yes. Like the Mamma Mia or, um, you know, Moving Out, the Billy Joe musical or, you know, one of those where those kind of things, right? Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to see that yes um so i was pleasantly surprised when i got to see the movie um i really appreciated how dark the movie gets yes which you don't really get from the trailer you see a little bit of the racism in the trailer but it is um covered much more in depth than the film Mm -hmm. and recently i had listened to um, a podcast called self-evident and they did an episode on racism in the UK in the eighties and how ska kind of became this anti-racism movement. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's no ska in this movie, but I felt like I got a visual of what they were talking about with how, you know, they were, the Pakistani families were being treated. By the way, to give credit, um, greetings from Bury Park, Race, Religion and Rock and Roll is the book, which of course is greetings from Ashbury Park is mm-hmm. Bruce, you know, one of the albums, so it's kind of a pun. Um, the 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 other thing that I thought was interesting, not only the racism, but I think this shows it does a really good job of showing the passion 
of a newly converted fan of almost anything, you know, when you discover whether it's your favorite, you know, football team or your you discover a new band or you discover a new book, you know, you are so passionate that you you are almost overly passionate. You you become obsessed and passionate. And I thought they showed they did a good job of showing how our main character, you know, Javi, actually almost and even I, as a guy who does a Springsteen podcast, right, could see he's going almost overboard in that fandom because right. it's so new and it's speaking to him so much. Yeah, and I really like how they kind of visualize the lyrics as he's oh. going on this journey of becoming a fan. Yes. You know, it's kind of like a music video, but it doesn't take you out of the movie. No. Yeah, like the scene when he, um, and hopefully everyone's seen the movie, and if not, I recommend it strongly. Um, but, you know, there's a scene when he's first listening to it and, you know, he, there's a storm and they're projecting the lyrics on like the wall. And you could see that it's in his mind. I think that's really well done. And and um, and I love the idea, right, that this how does a teenager a Pakistani teenager living in the UK feel like this 30 year old white guy from New Jersey is speaking for his voice. Right. And I think there's a joke at the end of the movie where his dad says, are you sure that he's, you know, this white American? A lot of what he's talking about, I feel like is what a Pakistani father would say. Yes, it is. I love that. Um, so I don't know. Um, I don't know the right time, but um, I have trivia about the movie if you want to hear. And um, so you tell me when's the best time to share it. Oh, we can dive in right now. Okay. So I was one, I was lucky enough to um, Gundershada join to be on the podcast and let me interview her, which was a thrill. Um, so she tells the story that she has been a fan of Bruce forever. And she talked about on the podcast that when she saw the cover to born to run and saw the big man, that was it, you know, seeing Clarence Clemens and Bruce. And so she was at a, um, at a festival and they were showing, um, I think the promise was the documentary. I'm not sure what, but there was a documentary showing at a film festival and Bruce was leaving and he saw um, the guy who wrote the book and I always get his name wrong. And so uh, uh, Sarfraz Manzor and he saw him and Bruce walked over and said, I read your book and I really liked it. And he and he said, great, we want to do a movie and we're going to need your help on it. And he said, OK, talk to John. And he pointed to John Landau, his manager. And sure enough, John said, hey, here's send me the details. And so very quickly, John through Bruce said, whatever you want, whatever music you need, 
it's ours. It's yours. You're free to use. And um, she said that was a a gift that she felt so special about. And then the last thing that I thought was amazing is when he watched the film and they did not know he was going to be at a screening and he kind of showed up and he came back afterwards and he hugged her and he says, thank you for making me look so cool. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a nice story. It is. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, that's cool. I didn't know that you um, were able to interview Grinder Chada. Yes. Um, That's awesome. But um, have you been able to get a hold of Sarfraz? So, I, 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 that's 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 a weird subject. When before the film came out, I had interacted with him on Twitter, and I said, "Hey, as the film gets closer, I would love to interview you." And he says, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll make it happen." You know, this is via Twitter, and then I guess. A lot of people like, oh, yeah, this will be great. This will be great. And he kind of sent a Twitter like, hey, can we wait till the movie's out, you know, before we talk about this? And um, and since then, he, he's he's kind of not acknowledged me on Twitter or everything. So I don't know if it was just there's other things going on with him. But, no, I have not had a chance to visit with him. Uh, but, but I felt great. She was just a joy. She, um, you know, talk about funny, right? Ryan, uh, we had exchanged emails. She had sent back saying, Hey, I, I, I'm sorry. I said yes, but now then I'm really in the middle of something. I just can't, I'm sorry. And so I waited a few months and I sent her an email and she replied like, yeah, I, I haven't forgotten you. I'm just really busy. And then a couple months later, I, you know, sent another, hey, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to be that guy, but everything. And she sent me an email and it was Sunday morning. She says, I have nothing on my schedule. If you can talk today, let's talk. So, so I went to my wife. I'm like, sorry. I don't know what else we're doing today, but I am about to record a podcast. She's like, go, go, go. So, yeah. Well, that's that's great. I feel like my wife would be the same. Yes, exactly. Right? Like, you're like, hey, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think, you know, if, uh, if you know, if Kenny Loggins says, hey, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about some of the movies, like the songs I've written for movies. You're like, okay, yes, we, we got to talk to, we got to talk to Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it should be like, I'll figure out what to do with the kids. Like, yes, do exactly. Yeah. So out of the soundtrack, you got 12 Springsteen songs. There's some live cuts. There's an yes. unreleased song that was written for a Harry Potter movie. Yes, it was. Um, so tell me what your thoughts are with what they used from Bruce. So, Ryan, I, I've listened to some of your episodes, so I'm, I apologize if I'm asking something I should know. But is there is there a specific fandom that you are very passionate about? Like I'm really into Pavement and like the Replacements. I think those okay. are a couple of my favorite bands, Foo Fighters as well. Okay. So sometimes um, we uh, passionate—I won't say obsessive—but us passionate fans can be pretty nitpicky. So. Um, I live in Dallas, Fort Worth, and I have 
there was about four or five people that all live in Dallas that have all been on the podcast. And so we coordinated and, you know, we went to the AMC theater that kind of was in the middle of the DFW area. We all picked which one we all got there early. And, you know, there's a, it's, it's one of those AMCs that have a bar and we sat at the bar and we talked and visited and we just had a great time. Then we all went into the movie together. And so we're, and so we all come out of the movie and we are all singing its praises. But to a man, we all said there is a scene where Javi, you know, his friend gives him two cassettes. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back the next Monday, you assume, and talks about it. And he quotes lyrics from the river. The river was not on either one of those cassettes. <laughs> that song is not on those cassettes. So this is pre-internet. So we're all going, how did he know to quote, you know, if it, you know, uh, the, uh, if his dream alive, is it doesn't come true or is it something else? Right. So I said, well, what he didn't see is he went to the local music store and bought the river on cassette and he was listening to that. And uh, my friend said, only you would come up with an exploration to explain a mistake that makes them look kind. Um, That was our only nitpick. That was funny. The other thing is um, the promised land was not released at that time. So, um, but um, she said, we, we thought that the song fit the mood more than it did than being historically accurate of that time period. And so they thought that it was good. Um, I really thought it was a great choice of songs uh, that, you know, it, they are, it, they certainly could have picked more of the Born in the USA hits but I thought they did a good mix of what it is and what it isn't. Um, and so I thought it was a great use of the music. And there there were, right? Like when they do Born to Run, they did a nice little montage. It's almost like Beatles, you know, uh, like, you know, from Beatles Help or, you know, A Hard Day's Night. So I just thought it was really well done. I, I I thought the ways, the the use of the music worked really well in telling the story. Yeah, and they used some like pretty, I don't know if I would call them deep live cuts, but they used yeah. some pretty interesting like yes. live cuts, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Blind Over the Light is from Bruce's first album. It is, um, it is his only number one hit, and it wasn't by him. Manfred Mann had a number one hit with Blind Over the Light. Bruce himself has never had a hot a number one single in the U.S. And so I thought that basically it worked perfect as a title and to have that song, um, you know, Prove It All Night and Because the Night are songs that, um, you know, um, Because the Night, Patti Smith's version is more well-known. Some really good choices. And, you know, Badlands is a song that um, is a huge hit 
for live when you go see Bruce live. That is a song that a lot of people love. So, yeah, I thought it was a good, uh, a really good choices of which ones to use. So, yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. Did you know that the version of the river they used was from that No Nukes concert at Madison Square Garden in 1979? Like, I, I did not. Uh, I am. There are a lot of things I'm good at, and recognizing those. Like, I, I I have an online friend, Paul, that has a um, photographic memory of those kind of springing things. Like when he hears a song, he could say, "Oh, that's from this release, this date," or he could say, "Oh, yeah, that was, you know, on." May 2nd, 1978, he was at this theater. I mean, you know, he has that. I do not have that kind of memory. Uh, so, but I did recognize it was a live version. Um, and um, the No Nukes film was just released, speaking of uh, soundtracks. And so we we have gotten to see that in its glory now, uh, where they took the two nights that they had filmed and kind of restored them and kind of gave us an hour and a half concert now, uh, combining both nights. Yeah. I know that he is, I mean, obviously he is a great songwriter and yes. musician, but his live show, you know, I've, you know, people just rave about seeing him just go on for like three hours with the street yeah. band. Yeah. Now, have you had a chance to see Bruce perform live? I have not, and it's okay. on my list. Okay, so they've announced that they're touring in 2023. So far, they've only announced European uh, dates. Uh, the thought is, and people who are a lot smarter and a lot more involved with me has said that um, they will announce soon that they'll start in the U.S. in February, then they'll go to Europe for the summer, which why wouldn't they, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, And then they will come back and do U.S. in the fall. So, so hopefully you will get a chance to go and see him. Um, Ryan, I believe there's two kinds of people. There's the people who go to their first Bruce show and go, wow, that was long. And then the others that go back and say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm missing this. I need to go see him every chance I get. I hope I can fall somewhere in between the two. <laughs> OK, there you go. That's exactly. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, I'm sure that I'm going to love it. Yeah. But I also know that he is not a cheap ticket. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. So I hope uh, no, like it I love not. it, but I yeah, hope that exactly. I yes, I am already um, my job. We have a bonus program we call profit sharing, right? And so if we hit all our goals um, for the year, uh, we get a bonus check right at the end of the year. And my joke has been to all my coworkers, you know, this phrase, you know, when someone's gambling, hey, mama needs new shoes. I'm like, Jesse needs Springsteen tickets. We need to hit our goals because I need that bonus for Springsteen tickets. <laughs> uh, how many times would you say you have seen Bruce at this point? 17. 17? Wow. 17 times, including I, got, I was lucky enough to see him on Broadway. Which oh, was so you did a, catch that. It was a very expensive ticket. Um, I will forever be grateful to my wife. 
um, you mentioned your your spouse. So um, if your audience will forgive me for going off on a little tangent, I believe, and, and I think you will agree, there are times when you're married that your spouse asks you a question and you have to say yes. Like, hey, can my sister come over and spend the night? Yes. Like, you know, hey, we're going to go visit. Uh, we need to go visit blank, blank. Um, so put that on your calendar. You don't, there are things like, I, I like, hey, my, my, uh, we need to go visit my mom. My, you know, my wife can't say no, you can't, you know, there's just certain things that you ask just because it's the polite thing to do, but the answer is has to be yes. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I pulled Linda aside and I said, okay, I'm going to ask you a question and you have permission to say no. She's like, okay, what's going on? I, someone has reached out to me and says they can get me a Springsteen on Broadway ticket. It is expensive. You have the right to tell me, no, Jesse, we can't afford it. She's like, really? I'm like, no, no. I mean, this is, I do not want you later throwing this into my face, you know? And so we did, we sat down and we're like, okay, here's what we could do. And here's what we could do. And so she, she made it so that I could go. And, uh, I was, I'm forever grateful for that. That's funny. Um, when the replacements got back together in 2013, yeah, I think they announced a show in St. Paul in 2014. Yeah. And I was able to get tickets and I was going to go for sure. And I was just dating my wife at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was like, oh, I got these replacement tickets. They're playing back in Minnesota because they had only played festivals in other states at this point. Yeah. And my wife and my oh, wife, then girlfriend goes, oh, OK, so we're going to Minnesota. And I was like, oh, OK. And so I actually proposed to her on the trip after the show. Oh, how fun. That's great. See, I know very little about the replacement, so we need to have you come back on, and uh, you should give me an advance. Like, here, here's your homework, Jesse. Go listen to these replacement songs, and then I should have you on to talk about the replacements because I have very little knowledge of it. You know, probably when you, if you, if you told me to play a couple of hits, like, oh yeah, that song, but it's not something that is uh, front of mind. So that would be fun to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be a okay. lot of fun. I I haven't been able to talk to the talk about the replacements on my podcast yet or anyone else's podcast. So. Okay, so good. We'll make that happen. So I did think it was interesting. You mentioned this. Um, word had leaked that his children really loved Harry Potter, and so Bruce was reading it with them, and and you know, and so he wrote a song and he sent it to the producer saying, "Hey." You know, my, my kids love Harry Potter. I wrote this song. If you want to use it, use it. And, um, and they decided, I think, wisely that it would kind of break the spell, right? Like having a pop person do the sound would kind of break that world, it, it, you know. Um, so it was unreleased. And so I think it was really cool that, um, you know, I'll stand by you, 
that he had done was able to, you know, kind of over the credits. And so that officially got released for him. Yeah. I think that's pretty fitting for this movie to get that song. Yeah. Yeah. As far as Harry Potter goes, um, I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, Yeah, but I, I feel like if there were popular musicians related to it, like they had to play a character in the actual movie. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And they weren't like, oh, you're going to sing a song from your catalog. You're just going to. Right. It would have been. Yeah. Um, You know, and there are um, there are people, uh, you know, there are, um, you know, a a fairly amount of Harry Potter, you know, bands that play. I was able to have one Tonk and the Aurors. Um, I had the lead singer from that. Um, because she's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. In fact, my wife said, I don't know if there's been a more perfect guest for you. She is a musician. She loves Bruce Springsteen. She has, she performs in a Harry Potter band and she did a CD of songs based on the West Wing. I am worried you are going to leave me and marry this woman. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very specific catalog of music yes it was it was yeah it's uh yeah talking the orders and she did she uh she actually had done a little bitty ep of let bartlett be bartlett that were west wing themed songs uh she she does a lot of work in the uh like libraries they'll they'll play they'll book people to play for harry potter themed and so yeah she's she's done that and she's a huge springsteen fan I mean, I'm sure there's a huge cross-section of people who love Springsteen and who love Harry Potter because they're both hugely popular. Yeah. But it, it, my brain is still trying I to can process. See that. You, know, I, you know, I know this is an audio podcast, but for our listeners, it is. I have, I have given – you know how your dog will crook his head up and look at you like, what's going on? That is what Ryan is doing. Ryan is like, this doesn't – that – these two things don't go together. Um, I will tell you a connection. Uh, this is one of my favorite stories. Um, the a few years ago, Bruce wrote an autobiography, and he did tours. He actually went to bookstores, and he did not sign the book in front of you. It was pre-signed, but you stood in line, you got your picture taken with him, and then you left, and then they gave you a copy of the signed autobiography. And um, a like a seven-year-old and her mom were at the signing somewhere in the East Coast, and the mom wrote a column that said, this is what I would have told Bruce if I'd had time. And she told the story and that um, Juniper, which is the young girl's name, was born premature, and uh, they really did not think she was going to make it. And her and her husband would read Harry Potter to her while she was in the incubator, and they would play Bruce Springsteen songs. So um, when they asked Juniper, did it bother you that you didn't get to talk to Bruce very long? She said, nah, he knows me. He wrote me all these songs. Uh, And then the Harry Potter connection is when uh, J.K. Rollins found out that this um, young girl did that, um, she sent a whole set, a complete set of Harry Potter books signed, and each book said to Juniper, the girl who lived, and sent them to her. So, 
so there's the Harry Potter Bruce Springsteen connection. That's very cool. That's such a great story. Thanks. There's one other story I want to share with you, and then please, uh, I hate to take over the podcast, but um, I don't know if you remember in the movie, there is a scene where our hero goes to Jersey. Yes. And that scene is in the trailer. Um, That is based on a true story, but the real story is better than the one in the movie. In the real story, the writer of the book was an adult, and right after 9-11, he had to fly to the United States. And he, being Pakistanian, was very nervous about going through customs right after 9-11 because of the way he looked. And he said that he stood in line at the, you know, there to get into the country, you know, the, um, he, he presents his passport and visa and the guy looking at him and says, you know, what is the purpose of your visit? And he said, I, I'm going to a Bruce Springsteen concert. And the guy broke into a huge smile and says, I cannot think of a better reason for you to come to this country, have a great show. And, the idea, I mean, it's a great scene in the movie, but the idea that right after 9-11, that you're so worried because you don't look the right way, and to have someone go, oh, man, you're going to see Bruce? Go, have a great time, I think it's just a beautiful story. Yeah, and it's another, I think that's one of the themes of the movie, the music transcending Yes, you know, all these different cultures. Yes. Um, you know, for me, it was really, um, I guess it really resonated with me, you know, you know, I am Asian American. Yes. And, you know, he is Asian British. Asian, yeah. I'm not sure what the right term for that, but, right. you know, like it wasn't as dramatic in my family, but, you know, I think the idea of wanting to do something that your parents didn't quite intend for you to do. Um, you know, that resonated with me and, and, you know, not, not that I had the, you know, kids pissing in my like mail slot or anything like that, yeah. but, you know, like, you know, dealing with racism and the question that his dad asks him, like, do you think you're British? Like you will always be Pakistani. Um, you know, I, I feel like, especially uh, now, you know, like I always felt like I, I'm an American, but you know, there are are for sure people that are going to only see me as Asian. Yes. So um, last year I had a guest joining me um, who was Taiwanese and um, she wrote a beautiful column and that's how I found her. And I asked her to join me on the podcast of her complicated relationship with born in the USA that song. She loves Bruce Springsteen, but the first time she heard the song was um, she was young and her brother was like Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, you know, something. And children were going around their tent singing Born in the USA, taunting them that they aren't American. And so she says often at a Bruce show, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Then when it gets to Morning in the USA, she kind of sits, puts her hands down in the next song. Yay, yay, yay. So I, I you know, once again, I, I, I am smart enough to know that someone who looks like me, a short, fat, white guy, I was born in Louisiana. I lived in Texas since 1986. I don't, I have no idea of the road someone who looks different than I have gone through. And we'll get serious just for a moment, then we'll move to something else silly, Ryan. I get upset with people who can't acknowledge that difference. And I'm not calling it white privilege. I'm not calling everything. It's just my life is very different than someone who does not look like the standard, you know, blonde, blue-eyed American, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like sometimes when I go to a show, um, you know, like when I went to the Replacements reunion in Minnesota, yeah. I think I got a couple of weird looks of like, oh, there's this, you know, there's this Asian couple walking around, yeah. you know, uh, for the show that people have waited over 20 years for. But, you know, these people also didn't realize I also grew up in the Twin Cities for like a good part of my life. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just as Minnesota as the rest of you. Yeah, exactly. There is a wonderful story that Bruce tells in his, um, both in his autobiography and um, in the, you know, he did those series of podcasts with President Obama. And there is a great story that they were on the Ams- Am- Amnesty Tour. And they were playing um, Africa. And they walked out on stage. And the crowd was filled with people of color. With, you know, black people. And Clarence walked over and said, now you know how I feel every night. (laughs) (laughs) And Bruce said that they just, they played and the audience was great and they loved it. But I just love that line of Clarence going, mm-hmm. now you know how I feel. Yeah, that's right. My wife said the same thing when um, I hadn't been to Korea till uh, after I got married. Okay. And we went, we went to Korea and she's like, how does it feel to like be the majority? Yeah. I was like, I never really thought of that. Yeah, it is. And and going back to the movie, I think they did a great job of showing how his relationship with his father and how he grew to accept that. You know, and I think it's a really sweet – spoilers – you know, he ends up selling all his Bruce Springsteen material as he's going away to university to rebuy a piece of jewelry that his father had had to hawk of his mother's. Um, and just, you know, he, you can be two things. He can be Pakistanian. He can be British. He can be a a dutiful son yet also have his own voice and have his own path. Um, And so 
the movie is very entertaining. I think the the female lead is just incredibly charming. She she just really works. And for you Marvel Universe fans, Agent Carter has a small part in this movie. It's actually an important part, but uh, I love the fact that you know we had her. Uh, you know that. Um, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Uh, Haley Atwell <laughs> plays one of his teachers. And I'm like, look, it's Agent Carter. <laughs> oh, that's that's who it was. Yes. I was like, she sounds and looks very familiar. Mm-hmm. Haley yep, Atwell. that's it. She was it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a feel-good movie, but I think that it does it so well that you don't mind. Yes. You know, like, you kind of know where the story is going to go, but... right. They execute it so well where it doesn't matter. Yeah, and, you know, this came out the same time as yesterday, the Beatles movie. Uh, so I think that that may have hurt the box office on both of them, right? And, you know, the other thing, it's a really good um, – the guy who plays his best friend, there are some nice scenes too where he, you know, kind of calls out that I've, I've always been there for you. I was always supporting you, and now then you know you've kind of you've you've kind of left me, and so I think it's really well done. I think the music uh, plays a great part. There is a wonderful scene where they do it. His sister takes him to a daytime rave, uh, playing all this you know pop music, and you know in his mind he's like, oh yeah, there is. There are other genres of music that can bring joy to other people. It doesn't just have to be Bruce. It just doesn't have to be, you know, um, you know, this Thunder Road or Born to Run. Yeah, I think it's important that they show that him and his siblings, they can all express themselves through music. It doesn't have to be like, well, you have to listen to Bruce Springsteen too to feel like, you know, you have music that is talking to you. Yeah, that absolutely. resonates with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of nuance to the film that that it wouldn't have if it was in less capable hands. Yeah, I, I do think, I mean, she is a gifted director, a gifted writer, blinded by the law. I mean, uh, Bend It Like Beckham is a wonderful film. And um, so I, I think she was really happy with this. And, um, and I think it's a wonderful addition to kind of the the mystique of Bruce that you know you have this um it is about him but it is more about this this family and this journey and and as you talked about you know this we hear a lot about in the US our own racial problems you know that whether you're brown or black or white and the different interactions we have and to see this you know from different eyes from the uk in the 80s you know that um the problems that you know the conservative government at that time was causing the issues and the um you know bruce is talking about in the river there is not much work because of the economy and Javi's father, you know, loses his job. He was a company man. He was someone that he, his job was his was his identity. 
and to have that is um i think really really speaks to all of us that have had that kind of experience yeah and then um i think the mom or you know his dad's wife makes a really good point you know he's when the dad is kind of at his lowest she says you know your job as a father is to like care about everyone you definitely care about your family yes you know it doesn't have to be about being the breadwinner you like you're still being everyone's father yes absolutely yeah so i like how they kind of humanize him um you know uh yeah, I just think everything is really well done with all the relationships within the film. Yeah, I, you know, I do. I think, obviously, I'm going into this film wanting it to be great, and um, I was rewarded. I, I knew, no, um, a couple of Springsteen fans did not enjoy it as much. They, they just, they, just, they thought it was a little too cheesy, but I thought it was just the right amount of a feel good film. Um, and, and the reality is it could be, it could be any musician. It could be any sport. It, it's something that helps you find meaning in life. And, you know, sometimes that's podcasting, right, Ryan, you right. know, where you, this, you know, this is, this is not my day gig, but this is where, and obviously our families give us great joy, but, you know, podcasting and getting to talk to people like you and, and uh, my other guests and, and is just, it, it brings me such joy. And um, so I, I just love that that movie kind of says, find your voice, find what helps you express yourself and embrace it. Yeah, I think the line that he gives at the big speech in the end is so perfect where he says, I want to build a bridge to my dreams, but not a wall between me and my family. Yes, well said. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I was very, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I really Good. enjoyed the I'm movie. Glad. Um, I I think I was one of the people that got a kind of confused with yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think because the yesterday trailer looked so bad, mm-hmm. it kind of crossed my wires when it came to wanting to watch this movie. Yes, I, I can I, see that. Because of what the plot of that one is like, he gets hit by a bus and is in some alternate universe where nobody knows the songs of the Beatles except him. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Which is odd. Uh, not a bad film, uh, but, you know, very different. Yeah, yeah, like this is based on someone's actual life. Yes, it, it, it absolutely is. Yeah. Good. And not some sort of weird fantasy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very, very different. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you. This was a blast. I had so much fun. Yeah, it was great chatting with you about this film and about Bruce Springsteen in general. Yes. So we're going to book it. You're going to come and join me. We're going to talk replacements. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. All right, that sounds good. We'll figure it out. That'll be a lot of fun. That sounds good. So if people want to check out your podcast, uh, when do you release new episodes? So um, I release usually on Tuesdays and sometimes on Thursdays, depending on my backlog. Um, you can reach me on social media at Jesse Jackson DFW. 
The show is at Set Lusting Bruce on uh, Twitter as well. Um, I am um, on Facebook. You know, there's Set Lusting Bruce on Facebook. Uh, and um, send me, uh, follow me on Twitter. And if you want to join me, if you're a Springsteen fan, you want to join me, let me know. If you are passionate about another band or another musician, um, I'd love to have you come in and join me. I have had everyone from people at Guns N' Roses to the Bee Gees to Hall & Oates to, you know, um, you know, I, I'm going to be doing a series of episodes in August on the singer-songwriter John Hyatt. So um, I, if you're passionate about music, um, I want to have you join me and we can visit. Perfect. And how about yourself, if, if people want to reach you? <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Twitter at soundtrack underscore your and on Instagram at soundtrack cast. Good. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. Fantasypoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.